Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today on the program, We've got Nick Robinson. Nick, if you don't know, Nick is the Digital Demand Generation Director at SAP North America. He actually resides in Austin, but many of you may know that their North American headquarters is in the cute town of Newton Square in Pennsylvania. So, Nick, thank you for joining me on the program. How are you doing out there in Austin? I got to imagine it's, it's getting a little toasty there. Apparently, they say we're on a cool streak, which is uh, a cool 93 degrees. And, uh, you, you know, David, I've listened to your podcast for about three years now. Jill Rowley introduced me to it. And one of the, the, the power of uh, technology and communications nowadays is I could just reach out to you and I could I can network with you very easily. And lo and behold, we, we were able to connect and I am now on your podcast. So I, I'm honored to be on because you have some pretty marquee guests that I look up to, and uh, I'm thankful that I'm here. Oh, well, thank, thank you, Nick. It is, you know, it's a small world. Uh, right now, my daughter is graduating San Diego State, and she's looking to launch her career and, and work remotely. So, by the way, if any of you out there are in B2C and fashion and need an incredibly smart and driven and talented uh, young marketeer, <laughs> reach out to me. But the point was, I told her, like, I don't really know that, that many B2B people. And I said, can you give me a list of companies that you'd love to work for? And sure enough, like all you have to do is go into LinkedIn and type the name of a company, look at the people. And you're never really further away than like one or two connections. Uh, and, and I feel blessed from that. So, uh, when you reached out, I thought it was, was really cool to have a longtime listener and you and I have a conversation saying, well, maybe you should be on the program based on our conversations. And I loved what you shared, which is how goal centric you are and how you break those goals down to some daily rituals to get you there. And the reason that I want to have you on the program, Nick, as we talked about is you want to be a CMO. And I thought, wow, what a great program to talk about someone who's, you know, had a very successful career, keeps progressing in in his career. You, as I said again, um, you, you run demand generation, digital demand gen for SAP, not a small company, a big company with lots of opportunity. And you have your, your sights set on being CMO. And I would think a lot of people on the podcast, look, they either have goals of roles and things they want to do in their life, or maybe they want to be a CMO too. So I thought what a great conversation we could have around why you want to be a CMO and the steps that you're taking uh, to get there. So people can reflect on their own goals and careers and, and try to get there as well. But I love the point you made about, and I try to make myself super approachable, right? I, I have a massive network, that's for sure. But I'm always looking for people that have a recipe or a story they want to tell and be on the podcast. So if you're out there, do what Nick did and, and drop me a note on LinkedIn or if you've got my email. So again, thank you. Let's jump in. Uh, sorry for the heat. Hey, by the way, have you ever been to South by Southwest? I mean, uh, it's probably a silly question because I'm sure you have, but I, I have a question for you about it. <laughs> Funny story. I was at South by Southwest this year and my wife was, we were expecting our child to be born 10 days from then, but the child ended up being born like that day. <laughs> so, so and we believe changed. that. 
We're, we, uh, yeah, well, we are, I mean, we're walking around to the, the various brand activations and then we decided to go home and lo and behold, the baby was born about eight hours later. So she's an official South by Southwest baby. Nice. So she's about four months old then. About four months old. Right That's right. And you have a one-year-old as well. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on at the Robinson house. Sure is. It's growing. Cool. Uh, let's just hit the question I want to start with. So why do you want to be a CMO? I've been in marketing basically all of my career. So I, I actually started off my career doing, which a lot of people don't know about, which is Spanish translation. And I was in the travel industry. I did that for about six months. And, you know, I really started getting into online marketing. And I, before I started working, I built websites. And so I've always been really interested and passionate about business in general and marketing far as I can tell marketing was one of the first departments or functions to be kind of disrupted by, by digital technology. So I, I, one is I, I had built, built websites in middle school and college. So I don't know if people, this dates, I guess this dates me as a millennial, but I, I would build GeoCities websites for clients because that was the most read. That, that definitely <laughs> dates you. Know, you know, that's the most readily accessible. The, there's a lot of people right now who went, yeah, Geo like what? The, uh, or was he going to say MySpace? Yeah. And then there's others like, I remember GeoCities. <laughs> you know, it's really, it's during the heyday of AOL. That's when, that's when it was big. And it was. That's sure. where I really got exposed to really the, the, the power of the internet and the ability to generate income and um, at not necessarily wealth at that point, but I was generating income by building websites. So I was able to apply a skill that I was really passionate about because ultimately what, a, what building a website involved was you had a clear goal. You wanted to build, you wanted to build something that somebody could use to market their business. And so that I've always been interested in the use of technology to grow a business, whether it's growing my own business or helping other people grow their business. And so that naturally led into me getting involved in online marketing. And so at the time I was also really into um, sports so being involved in sports, you ha- in order to get to a, a level that is, uh, whether it's varsity high school sports or college, or even if you want to go professional, you have to always be looking at the scoreboard and, and also be looking at the long game. Because in order to be good at sports, you can't, yeah. you, can't you know, you might have a, a, a game a month from now but you can't wake up the night before the game and start training. You have to, you, you have to, um, you have to look around the corner and understand in order to get to a goal, which in the human mind is very, very far away. Like if I wanted to play college lacrosse, which I did, and I started in eighth grade, well, I sort of had to know that I wanted to play college lacrosse years before I got there because, 
because uh, it's just the amount of training and the amount of skills that you have to build and you have to reverse engineer where you need to get to. So, and I was passionate about sports and lacrosse. So if you, everything I just said, one, I'm, I'm highly passionate about business and technology and analytics and, and of course, marketing, but I'm also equally as passionate about creating a vision for something that I'm passionate about to get to the next stage. And, and I've always operated that way. I've always had this, this 10 year, five, 10, 15 year horizon for myself. And I've always uh, reverse engineered that and, and, and then use that to build daily rituals that will help me get further toward that goal. So that's why I want to be a CMO. Well, I don't, I don't know if I love the answer, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat this podcast as a coaching session to either, to either get to that point where that is the right mm-hmm. goal. I, I mean, it's not my place to say, but I haven't heard. I'm just gonna, you know, I coach a lot of people, yeah. Nick, my my team, my employees, and people. Um, certainly, just just anybody who's who's open to coaching and will will take the actions and recommendations from it. Nothing worse than giving people lots of good advice. I'm, and they I'm don't all act for it. On it. Yeah. But I asked you the question, why do you want to be a CMO? And, and the context of me asking that question is I'm thinking about the role and the responsibility. What, what I love, what I heard, which is, look, I've been in digital marketing a long time. I'm passionate, um, got into the technology side of it. And I certainly, you and I have talked a lot about your role there. But I want to just ask it again, but why CMO? Why that? Why is that the goal? As a guy who played lacrosse, many different positions on the lacrosse team, why the position of CMO? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, one of the things that I see about that role is that, and, and it's based on me seeing what's going on inside of my own company, but also hearing what's going on in the market and then, and then mapping that to the things that I'm passionate about and, and then knowing realistically whether I'd be naturally good at certain things about that role or not so good that maybe I either I need to hire for or, um, or you know, just compensate for. So the, the first thing that I've heard is it, it's, it's less about marketing and it's more about having a ton of business acumen and knowing it really having an understanding of what drives a business forward, whether it's expanding operating margin or driving growth on the top line. And you have to really understand those things. And, uh, and, and that's something that I'm really interested in, in general, just know having past experiences with uh, more general manager type of roles. I think the second piece is, you got to be really good with people, and it's one of my it's one of the, my favorite parts about my job now. I work with lots of people. I have to influence even more people. So, I mean, technically, I only have officially four people reporting di- directly to me. The rest, like thirty people, I have to influence. But I'm still like the the, mm-hmm. the things that I manage and and execute. Are uh, I have to influence all different layers of people, and that's—I mean—that's uh, 
it's probably like 60% of a CMO's role. So those two things combined really attract me to the role, and I think I'd be good at it. Okay. The, the reason I want to ask the question twice, and I hope everyone listen out there in the ManGen Radio community, I did a post recently on LinkedIn. And when I say recently, I guess it depends on when someone's listening to this episode that we are recording. Uh, and I talked about, Nick, doing what gives you energy to make you happy. And when I hear you want to achieve this, basically the pinnacle role of a marketing department, the CMO, the chief marketing officer, I see it up there in the top of the org chart, and you do. And I certainly know the role and responsibility having done the role. And I just want to try to connect for anyone thinking about what they're going to do next, what gives them energy. And so I heard the people element with you, which is, it sounds like you like teamwork and orchestration and inspiring and influencing. And you certainly are doing that in your role now. And the CMO has a broader role. But the CMO role also comes with other responsibilities, right, beyond what you're doing today. Um, My observation of having worked now with hundreds of CMOs across many different industries is there are the, it's almost like right brain and left brain CMOs. There are those CMOs that are more on the art of marketing, the brand, the messaging, the customer experience. And then there are those marketers, uh, CMOs who lean more to the science, the systems, the processes, uh, the go-to-market operations and tactics of that. Do you feel that you currently right now, because you've got responsibility you know, at the mothership for the ERP products and the success factor products, you've got a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Do you lean one side or the other between the, the call it the art of marketing versus the, the science? For sure. Because I'm embedded in a regional demand center, we are hardcore about our numbers and our processes and our systems. So I, if you were to ask me where I need to grow the most, it would, it would be on the brand side, the brand and sponsorship side of the house. And I, I believe that in order to excel, well, one, I, I, I think it depends on the company, like the industry and the stage of the company and the size of the company. Um, but it, I, I believe to a certain extent, in, in many cases, regardless of the situation, CMOs have to have experience and a point of view in both areas. And uh, But as back to your question, uh, most of my, uh, my strength is, on the, is in the systems, process, technology, and the numbers. And, and I feel today's modern CMO certainly needs to be strong there. Uh, I arrived at Oakland Airport last night. Uh, my my mother-in-law, I don't think I'm oversharing, but my mother-in-law unfortunately just had cancer removed from her scalp, from her head, very invasive surgery. And she's healing well. She's doing well. She is like the strongest woman made of steel. Incredible to see her attitude this week. She's cancer-free and she she's healing. And And when I arrived last night, at about almost getting close to midnight, I was leaving the parking lot and I saw a billboard. And I'm not going to mention the company, but I saw a billboard and I know the behind the story of how much effort and expense went into creating this ad campaign that is out there now by this company. And so I drove and left the, the airport and I looked at that and I thought about our podcast today 
because I know that CMO and I know about that program. And that person is so much about brand and messaging and image and fully believes that you've got to have just you know so much market visibility and your brand so well known to be effective at demand generation. The belief is that if if you do any digital marketing and do any demand generation and yet your brand is not well known, it's it's not going to be met with success. And so I was thinking about that, Nick, for you and I today, which is what is required for success? And that answer changes depending on what right. company uh, size that you, the company, the industry and the size. So peeling back some layers on, I want to be CMO. And, and you said you, you lean more on the process and systems and certainly have the demand gen expertise. What type of company size or industry have you thought about? And I want to, I want us to lead us on the path of now breaking down that, that goal, that BHAG, that big, hairy, audacious goal of wanting to be CMO to the next layer, which is of what type of company and where and what will it take? Yeah, it's a good question because, and this is something just out of complete transparency, I haven't completely figured out yet, but there are a couple paths and maybe your audience can tweet me and help me figure this out as a follow-up. But the first path is I am hired into an established company with uh, an established customer base and um, they need, they need to hit growth targets and uh, they potentially have some, some awareness already because of their install base. That's something that I could actually easily plug into and, and set up for growth. And it could potentially be a pre IPO company. It could be a company that's already public that needs to, drive even more growth. Um, so that, that's one path. The second path, which I think is, is um, high, it's a highly compelling opportunity, I think, for anybody taking on a CMO role, but it's, it's, it's the whole notion of category creation, so I, which is a completely different skill set and it requires a different, obviously, a different strategy. So I... From a category creation perspective, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure I could come in either very early, which, again, will, the company will have different needs, or potentially, uh, once they get initial traction, then, then they could potentially bring in a CMO to, you know, to put gasoline on the fire. So those are the two areas that I am starting to look at. And then, of course, reverse engineer and figure out whether it'd be a good fit. Would I be successful? Would I add value? But I will say what I don't, I likely am not looking for is like I, I don't have any desire to be a, a Fortune 500 CMO or a Fortune 250 CMO. Uh, and for the reason being, it's my lifestyle choices. I, I really do not want to be mm-hmm. away from my family all the time like these executives are. They, they travel quite a bit. And so um, just knowing I have kids now, that's just not a choice I, I want to make. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean... It's amazing how your priorities yeah, change, I mean, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that I won't travel at all because I think that's unrealistic. You have, as a CMO, you have to go where your customers are and where, where your people are. But I know how 
taxing (laughs) that job could be on your travel schedule. So I know that that's something right away that I likely am less interested in. But again, I'm still kind of early in the decision process and things might change. Uh, I like what you shared right there because some of the coaching I've done for you know, career planning is using a mind map where you put a circle and, and right in the middle of that circle, you put your goal. So if we were looking at, at Nick's mind map, right there in the middle would be CMO. And then off of that circle would be the branches for the things that help define that target, um, such as company size, such as industry, uh, maybe even when, uh, maybe some of the requirements of the role or things that you want to avoid, um, like you said, travel, whether that's for a small company, a startup, someone who already has their product in market or not in market. And I know it's really difficult sometimes when you're doing this to have all the answers and say, okay, yeah, I would want to do a VC funded startup. Well, what, what round, uh, how mature is there? I remember one time in my career, the only time, is it the only time? I think it is. Yeah. The only time that I've ever taken a senior marketing role, I was their VP of marketing and the product wasn't completed yet and they never actually got the product done. So I ended up leaving. Now that journey led me to the company that I worked at before I started demand gen. And so I, I look at the series of events. It's fascinating, right? When you look back on your life and go, had I not gone there, which actually turned out to be not an ideal experience, I wouldn't have met someone that I worked with and she went to Ellie Mae. So shout out to Felicia Egan. And Felicia, who now runs uh, Demand Gen at, um, at Workday, Felicia went there and said, you know, loved working together. I'm now at this company and I know you're there waiting for the product to get done, but I really think you would like it. And so I did, I left because there was no chance the product was going to get done anytime soon. It's really hard to be a marketer without a product and went to LA May and had a phenomenal success story there. That was a catapult for what I'm doing now. So you can't have all the answers in life. Uh, when you look back, you can actually see the connecting um, dots. But I, I firmly believe that a great way to kind of figure out how to break down the goal that you want to some makeup is to use a mind map. I also love the, you know, take a sheet of paper, split it in half, and, and on one half, the things that you were looking for, and then on the other half, the things that you want to avoid. So an example for that might be, Nick, I want to avoid a vi- environment where IT has a lot of control over what does or doesn't get done in marketing or the systems we use or don't use, right? If you've been in an environment where that's not uh, been successful and, and had a negative impact, you want to avoid that. Or I want to work at a company that's very agile. I want to work at a company where you ask for permission, uh, I'm sorry, ask for forgiveness and not for permission, right? Different environments. I, w- I want to work where I've got a mentor, and someone that is going to inspire me and help me grow versus someone where I'm the smartest person in the room. Those type of things between the mind map for what's your goal and what does it look like and then the things that you want to be involved with and avoid. So, so take, take that uh, and, and hopefully apply it to, uh, and we'll continue the conversation. Talk to me about daily rituals because I love that part the last time we yeah. chatted about how you break it down and, and just while you're thinking of, of how you're going to share that, that was, in my career working at Microsoft, the single best training I ever received at that stage in my career because I joined Microsoft and I was part of the U.S. sales and marketing division and we were to introduce all the first Windows products and Windows uh, itself. 
And they sent me up to training to Washington. And the first course that they taught me, Nick, was priority management. They didn't call it time management. And day one, first hour, they took out a piece of paper and had us write down some of our life goals. And the whole reason for that exercise was to take that life goal and then break it into what would you accomplish then in the next 10 years or five years or three years or or weeks or days or hours, right? Really just, well, they didn't go down to that granularity, but it was the process of learning how to set a goal and then figure out what you wanted to, to do to achieve it. And then added the complexity of, okay, there's not just one goal, there's family goals right. and maybe spirituality goals and financial goals and, and work goals. So how do you do it? How do you, you've, you've been very successful in your career. You're still very young in your career. Clearly you're married. You've got two kids. I'm sure family and getting married were all goals of yours. So how do you do it, Nick? What's, what's, what's your method for establishing and achieving your goals? It all really starts with, I think you said it before, one to two North stars that's that's really all you can really handle and then to guide the activities that you work on to work toward those um those north stars is really uh i like to call them the guardrails but it's like your values in life and it could be it could be related to work it could be related to family but they're the, they're basically the things that you won't budge on and so very, very early on, this is like, I think right before I had the, had the first kid, I, I kind of sat down with my wife and I said, we're, you know, we're building a small company with employees, which are our kids. So how would we, how do we want to build the best culture for our family to help us make decisions when stuff gets tough? Because it's not always going to be rosy. And so I started thinking about my own life. And the, uh, I came up with a, a couple of core values that I'll, I'll never, I'll never move from. So, so one is you know, family first. And that sounds, you know, a lot of people talk, they think about core values and, and right away they, they think it's corny. So it's like this mushy stuff, but it's the only way that I've been able to gain clarity in my life and in my work and what's really important. And there's a, I mean, it's surprising how many people don't establish values and, and really objectives for their life. And uh, it, it's very easy to stop those people now because they're, they're either working on way too many things or they're kind of floundering around. They get stuck in their careers because they don't really know and they haven't really established values for themselves. So starts with the two goals. You have the values to guide your actions where you won't waver. And then for me, I can give you a really specific example. So one is family first. So I naturally took a job where it's a, it's a remote position. It doesn't require a lot of travel, at least right now. The, the, um, the other piece is I always want to be innovating and doing new things. So if I'm doing the same thing, that I was doing 90 days ago, then something's off and I have to reevaluate what I'm working on. So every day I'm one is uh, I'm working on new things and, and a thing could be a lot of 
it could be a lot of activities. It could be learning something new. It could be experimenting with a new program. It could be experiencing a new activity with my daughter or with my wife. And so for, for me, let's just take the, the CMO goal for a second. I, I looked at all the things where I, I'm, I'm pretty weak in certain areas. And so I actually thought out training and, and that could be technical training or it could be soft skills. And one of the things I realized early on is if you waited technical versus soft skills, uh, I was a lot weaker on the soft side. So I actually looked at things that will help propel, propel your career. So like things like public speaking, negotiation, financial acumen, and decision-making frameworks. Those are the things that I actually, this year, I, I'm taking a bunch of courses on those areas because I think they're, those are skill sets that an executive and, of course, the CMO need. The other piece of it is it's listening to people that are already in that role. And it's, and it's networking with people who are already in that role. So I, you know, so I, you know, again, the power of technology, you go into Apple, the Apple podcast app and you type CMO or B2B marketing. And lo and behold, there's a, there's a plethora of shows and content that you can listen to. So, so I, that's essentially what, I'm working on right now. So I'm filling in skills that I know I, I need to be, have, have a, a, a stronger capability with. I'm listening to people that have already done it or are already in it. And then I'm, I'm also combining my love for exercise with the, with the podcasting. So actually, I call it study hall. So I, I go on runs every day after work and I pop in a podcast and that's part of my that's part of my routine for the week. How long do you run for? Uh, typically, it's like an hour. So about an hour. Yeah. Okay. So it's like the well, right right now we're halfway through your run, Nick. So <laughs> wherever you are listening to this right now, you're about halfway through your run. There you go. I hope you listen to your own episode because I hope you reflect on it. Let me let me share some observations for you. As like I said, this this uh, our, our our recorded coaching session. Um, number one is I love that you are establishing goals for yourself and have been because uh, just verbalizing them to yourself and talking about them, you have such a high probability of achieving them. It's almost like the baseball player who thinks I'm up at bat and I'm sure every baseball player does this and thinks where they're going to hit the ball. I'm going to put this in right field, center field, left field, or bunt or do whatever and you think about what you're going to do, and then your body fills in all the gaps to achieve that. And so by stating a goal, as opposed to just wandering through life and hoping good things happen and hoping that you get promotions and raises, but being really intentional and purposeful and stating a goal, bravo. Number two is you realize that you're not there and you're on a journey and you've got to fill in the gaps, the skills gaps and expertise. You're networking with people and reaching out to other folks that are in the role or have been in the role that you want to achieve to know what it took for them to get there and what it looks like. Because, hey, you may talk yourself out of that goal once you actually know what it looks like. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, my goal was to 
uh, you know, play for the NFL and at some point realizing like, okay, maybe I don't want to do that because of this reason. Or as you said, you know, maybe a role takes you into a certain career path that goes against your core values. And by the way, core values to me are not BS. Our company has core values. Our family has core values and I believe in them wholeheartedly and they serve as great guardrails and, and, um, mile markers, uh, for life. Uh, the other thing is, I mean, think about it. We're making a podcast about your goal. And one of the things that I personally do, Nick, I did this when I went, worked on my first book, is I told people I'm writing a book. And so I kind of commit myself, not kind of, I commit myself to the goal, not only inside my head or maybe on a piece of paper that I've written it down, but I've stated it to people that I care about and respect and even love. And they, that statement helps you hold yourself accountable, but also it gives them a chance to hold you accountable. And so... I will check in with you and see what you are progressing on and doing. And I really hope that people who are thinking about like, we're halfway through the year, a little bit more than halfway through the year, halfway through the year. That's when this was recorded in July. People set these New Year's resolutions in in December or January. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get a promotion. I'm going to change jobs. I'm going to get married. I'm going to start dating, whatever they are. You should be setting those goals and checking in on your goals every day every week, every month, and looking at where you are. Uh, do you do that, Nick? Do you, do you, does your wife, do you sit down with your wife and establish financial goals or vacation goals or family goals, anything like that? And, and, and if you do, how do you operationalize those goals? Big word for saying like, yeah. how do you hold yourself accountable to tracking on it? That's a great point. You always got to keep, much like in sports, you have to keep score. And in order to keep score, you had to have established a target in the first place. And uh, so, of course, financially, my, my wife is the CFO of the household. So, I, I've, nice. one, I have complete trust in um, her ability to make really good decisions. But then once a month, we sit together and we just say, here, you know, just like a typical business owner, here's cash on hand, here are upcoming investments. And then here are some, some appointments that we have that we need to make sure we get done and, and look at. So that's the very simple, simple formula. And we have a process every month. And we, have, we actually have like a dedicated time where, you know, she can't uh, stop me it. from playing video games or going on a run to do this. It's scheduled. It's pre-scheduled. So, it's, uh, so we've established that that's discipline. Now on the on the career goal side of things, I sit down much like everyone else, and I I have resolutions, but they're more like they're like annual goals, and right, and I make them feasible. One is it's very simple: learn something new every day to fill in your identified knowledge gaps or skills gaps. So every day, I do one thing whether it's listening to a podcast or it could be more in depth, like getting a, some type of certificate or continuing education, but it's learn something new every day or get better at something every day. The, the, the second thing that I do is that I, I commit to what are four, what are four activities that will really change the game and move me forward. So it's kind of like the, the daily, you know, the daily stuff is like inches, and then you have, you have like those four big bang 
items that will traject will, that will speed up your tra- trajectory. And so I identify those in the beginning of the year and I, I do exactly what I'm doing right now, which is I make them very public and I say, I'm going to do these things. And then, you know, right now, for example, I have spoken at Sirius Summit. So I said I was going to speak at at least two conferences. I've done one. I got to do another. <laughs> so uh, anybody has a conference coming up. I can, I can probably up. help you with that. Yes. Yeah, I can help you achieve your goal. See, another another benefit of stating your goals to others is people who can help you. In fact, before we wrap up, uh, I'm going to ask you if you know someone. I also want to come back to the video game comment, but do you know Michael King? I do not know Michael King. He will likely be helpful to you. And for anyone who out there who doesn't know Michael King... By the way, hello, Michael, and and this is a public invitation to have you back on the podcast. I think you and I should do a podcast annually, Michael. Michael is a phenomenal recruiter, and he places senior marketing people in some of the best companies. He, I say he may be able to help you because he's mostly focused on the West Coast, but Michael King, look him up, reach out to him, say, Dave sent you. Uh, sorry, Michael. Hopefully, a bunch of people just connected with you, but he he really is so well-connected to heads of demand generation roles, heads of CMO roles, all the senior marketing roles and placing some of the top talent out there. So great guy for you to connect with and just have a conversation with them and send them your resume so that Michael can take a look and say, you are or you're not ready for this role or what you need to do. So great resource for you. And I'll also connect you with some uh, conferences that are coming up. Like uh, I think it's probably too late for B2B Game Changers, which is one I recommend people go to that that uh, Integrate puts on. Uh, and there, there's others, uh, like the B2BMX conference. And so I'll connect you with some and let's, you know, get, get you, keep talking about your story. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to think about. One is get more into the why Uh, I'm, I want to make sure that you want to be CMO for the right reason. It sounds like it's a job and a set of responsibilities that you really like, but I want to make sure you also do the, what am I not going to like about the role that I didn't think of now? And then you have to definitely drill in more about the type of company and industry, uh, whether you're bringing something to market, which is what I did in my last company. They had no software product in market and I got to bring it out. You talked about defining a category. I do love that part of marketing. And I was a big fan of Al Reese, worked with his daughter. Uh, He authored the book with Jack Trout, uh, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. And in the second law of marketing is if you can't be number one in a category, to find a new category to be in. And I did a lot of that in, in my career. And I'm proud to say that Demand Gen was a category creating agency. We're the first ever marketing technology agency, the first company to come out and say, look, we really don't help you with content, but we help you with all the infrastructure and processes. So we've always stayed true to what um, our category is and, and what we do there. We've evolved the business certainly over time. So um, let's keep checking in and seeing how crisp you're getting that goal, uh, what timeline you're putting for yourself. When's this going to happen? Is this in the next five years, the next two years, the next 10 years? Um, those things. But I, I appreciate you having a really open and transparent conversation with me about it because I think, A, while you're taking the last 20 minutes of your run, you can think about what you heard yourself say and didn't say. And for everyone on the program to think about what are your goals? for this year? What do you want to accomplish in your career? How are you going to get there? Who are you going to tell about what you want to achieve and get help uh, in doing that? And so I I hope, was the conversation helpful for you, Nick? So the one big game changer for me as a result of this conversation 
is you made me realize that much like strategy, strategy is about knowing what not to do. And therefore, I need to, moving forward, in addition to everything I spoke about on this podcast, I need to find reasons why CMO would not be a good role for me. I haven't done that. Yeah, try to talk yourself out of it and punch at it. Yeah. That, you know, it's, it's like any good initiative at a company. I love the part of the conversation, which is, here's why we should do X, Y, and Z. And then the part of the conversation, okay, now let's talk ourselves out of it and try to see uh, why, it's, why it's a bad idea and to, to see if you've thought about those things. Very cool, my friend. Hey, I am so glad you reached out. I'm, I'm always glad to make a new connection. Uh, I really like that we um, talked about career and career pathing. I am going to have Michael King back on the program. I suggest that you listen to his last episode. Everybody should, which is how much money is marketing making these days? That's the very first episode Michael and I did together. It's still the top 10 of all the podcasts that I've done now, over 120. So clearly that was of interest. And I'm, I'm not kidding when I'm going to have Michael on at least once a year. And I I certainly will revisit that topic, but I also want to talk with Michael and have him share with all of you what changes that he's seeing, not only in compensation, but in roles and responsibilities in in marketing these days. So all of you can think about where you want to be next and what you want to do, but do one thing, closing point, do what gives you energy. Because if you get energy from what you do, you'll be happy. And that's what life is all about. We can't be happy every minute. We can be happy maybe 75, 80% of the time. We've got to have the ups and the downs, but do what gives you, do what gives you energy. And I know that you've got a lot of energy in what you're doing now, Nick, and, and I love the fact that you're, you never have your heels on the ground and you want to keep pushing yourself, whether it's as a husband or a father or in your career. Proud of you. Well said. Well said. And I appreciate you having me on. And I really hope that your audience gets a ton of value. I just listening to the conversation and and uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me on, on Twitter, I'm at Social Robinson. And then on LinkedIn, I'm just LinkedIn slash in slash N Robbins one. Or just look me up, Nick Robinson, SAP, Digital Marketing. Easy to find, Nick Robinson. Well, congrats again on the birth of your second child. And uh, I'm going to keep checking in with you, man. Hold yourself accountable and hold you accountable rather for um, achieving your goals and help you get there. Thanks, Dave. Cool. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. I really enjoyed that conversation. It was it was very authentic and, and very cool to have it with all of you. And I look forward to um, catching you all in the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.